Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. This is a very special episode near and dear to my heart. Today, I'm going to be talking all about my ayahuasca experience at Rhythmia. This will be my, or this was my third time going to a multi-night retreat and man every time I sit down with ayahuasca it is like the first time all over again so many insights so much that I learned and I am so inspired to step into a whole evolved version of myself from this moment forward I hope you get a lot of insight from this show if you enjoy it please be sure Please be sure to share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. I appreciate you. I honor you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. What's going on, world? I am about a week and a half removed from my very first ayahuasca luxury four-day retreat. So I have sat down with ayahuasca before and typically that was in a three-day three-night setting and this time it was actually four nights in a row so it was actually my seventh eighth ninth and tenth time sitting down with ayahuasca and something that was shared with me many a times from different shamans teachers and people who are experienced with the medicine is that every single time that you sit down with Mother Ayahuasca, it's like it's the first time. And I can definitely attest to that because every single time that I have sat, I have had a profound and unique experience. And, um, you know, this past week was no different. So for those of you who are not familiar with Ayahuasca, Ayahuasca is a traditional plant medicine, often done in Amazonian cultures. It's very much known for its spiritual healing, physical healing, mental healing, emotional healing effects. It is something that used to only really be done in like out in the rainforest with mosquitoes the size of golf balls circling around you. However, now it has become more accessible to the everyday person who is looking to, not when you say looking to, but has been called forth by the medicine. I had the pleasure of being able to sit with ayahuasca at a amazing place called Rhythmia. Rhythmia is a life advancement center that was founded by uh, Gerard Powell a.k.a. Jerry. Jerry's a super interesting dude, to say the least. Um, You can learn more about him by either going on Rhythmia's website or he has a book and also the audio book, Shit the Moon Said, which is essentially how his life was completely transformed by plant medicine and how his experience with Iboga actually had him told him and told him exactly how 
to build Rhythmia. So, you know, he's a multimillionaire, sold one of his companies for $100 million and decided, along with other investors, to buy a really nice luxury resort out in Guanacaste, Costa Rica, and build Rhythmia there. And what's so interesting about Rhythmia is that it's the only place, I believe, where plant medicine, like this area, essentially, like this resort, this life advancement center, has it coordinated with the Department of Health in Costa Rica to be a medically licensed place to offer this type of therapy. Uh, most places, to my understanding, or at least the places that I've experienced ayahuasca with, because it's a set up as a church or like a spiritual um, entity, they're able to do it. And with Rhythmia specifically, they are able to create a space where the medicine can be taken and it is done under the supervision of amazing shamans and there's actually an entire medical staff on the premises and the way that they leave no stone unturned is so incredible and so reassuring um you know we were one of the first groups it's about 40 something 50 of us to take on this experience and mind you, Rhythmia hasn't been open because everything going on with COVID. So before we even got on the shuttle to go to Rhythmia, I was required to get my temperature taken just to get on the shuttle. And then once I got to Rhythmia outside the gates, they gave me a rapid test, a COVID test. And I had to make sure that I actually passed that COVID test before I was let inside the gates so they really made sure that they were doing it in a way where every single person is protected and that every single person there can be safe and also have peace of mind which i thought was amazing now not only is rhythmia have these four plant medicine ceremonies during the seven days but there's also three breathwork sessions that are just as powerful as the medicine. And the very first night, we were led through breathwork by Giovanni Bartholomew, who is an amazing person. Shout out to Gio. Definitely hoping to have him on the podcast very soon. And this is my first time doing real breathwork like that. I've done breathing exercises. Um, I thought I knew how to breathe, but Gio wasn't playing when he said that breathwork is actually work. And for me, it actually felt like damn near a workout. And it was so incredible to me that during this first night, so Sunday night, doing breath work, man, I was brought to this very emotional place where I was thinking about my mom and like I was like really like brought to tears literally during this breath work session of just, man, just how much like I miss her and miss her being around and also brought to tears on like my own growth and how much I've overcame during my life, which was um, which is pretty special. I didn't expect that to happen with breath work. So, you know, that was my first night. That was my experience. Um, you know, during the day, 
There are workshops, there's plant integration, there's organic farm-to-table meals, there's yoga. I mean, the whole entire Rhythmia Way program is absolutely amazing. However, what I want to do now is dive into all four of my ceremony nights, what I learned, and what my experience was throughout, and how these experiences have really leveled up, and I would even say transformed how I'm deciding to proceed in life. So we go into the first night, we drink a ayahuasca brew from Brazil, right? The Brazilian brew. And man, one of the big things that people talk about when it comes to ayahuasca is la purga or purging. And purging, it can be in the form of throwing up. It can be in the form of having, you know, diarrhea when you go to the bathroom. It can be crying. It can be laughing. It can be so many different things. And for me, the way that I typically purge is through having like terribly upset stomach going to the bathroom. And it's so funny before that ceremony, you know, we all met with Jerry. He's giving his talk, telling us his amazing story. And one of the things he invites us to do is whenever we purge, whether that's throwing up into your bucket, using the bathroom, crying, whatever, take a second to ask yourself, what is that purge telling me? What is it showing me? So I always, I had that in my mind and, you know, I'm probably like maybe an hour into the medicine and, and let me give you this caveat. There's really no, uh, <laughs> there's really no way of understanding time or at least I couldn't. That's for damn sure. But let's say I was about an hour into it. I go to the bathroom, you know, I literally take this, this, this massive poop and I'm, I'm washing my hands. And then like, as I'm washing my hands, I look back at the toilet and I was like, oh my God, I just let go of self-doubt. I just purged self-doubt. And it's interesting for me because self-doubt is something that I've been battling, I guess, my entire life. And I shared it in a previous podcast how, you know, my mom, when, you know, she was sick. She was always at home. Therefore, she was always having conversations on the phone. And when I was hearing these conversations, which sounded like the same conversation over and over and over again, oftentimes she'd get to a part in the dialogue where she is really just bragging about me, saying, you know, how good I was doing in school, how good looking I was, how good at sports I was, all of these things. And man, I just got to the point where I was so embarrassed by it that I literally tuned it out. And what tuning that out actually turned into like pretty much the rest of my life was me not really accepting praise and not really embodying and accepting my gifts and what I'm capable of. So even though in my career, I've helped literally hundreds of people level up in their life, whether it is the everyday professional, a youth athlete, a professional athlete, entrepreneur, whoever, they could tell me how much I helped them and I never really embodied it. And I realized that in that moment of purging that I was 
ridding myself of all of that self-doubt, literally getting rid of it and like understanding that that energy was no longer going to serve me. And after I left the bathroom and I had that moment, I felt called to go outside. So we do the ceremony inside of a maloka. And then just outside the maloka, there's a, a beautiful big fire pit, some open grass. And we had like a little boundary that we can, you know, stay in. And, you know, there's a bunch of shamans throughout the property guiding us in there to help us. And, uh, yeah, after that first purge, I went out and I'm sitting by the fire. And for those of you who know or don't know about fire, fire is the element of transmutation, meaning that like there's so much change that happens with fire. You've seen a piece of paper burn, right? And turn into fire. And what does fire turn it into? It turns it into literally ashes and dust. So like fire can completely transform something, right? Think about water. You add fire to water and that water starts to boil. Well, now it's just changed to a whole new thing, right? We have gas now coming up. But I'm sitting by this fire. I'm just staring deeply into it. And I'm just feeling a rush of energy enter my body. And then I started to sit up straight, got into my, almost like my, my meditation stance, palms open, back of my hands on my thighs. And I closed my eyes and I just started breathing. And as I'm doing that, I'm just feeling just all of like my power just building up. Like I'm just embodying this fire. And it was almost like a, a flame was lit within me. And it was such an empowering and incredible feeling that honestly, like, Words don't give it justice. And like, I'm here trying to tell you about my experience. Just know that like words are only but a small part of the experience because the words don't do it justice. So I have this incredible moment with the fire. And then I get up and I kind of felt called to move towards the grass area. So I start walking on the grass. I'm grounding, you know, my feet are in the ground. I start doing like a little yoga in that area. And then I find myself in a child's pose position. So my palms are stretched out onto the ground. My heart is on the ground. My third eye is on the ground. And man, I'm just literally in this deep, 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 deep appreciation for the earth, like for Pachamama, for mother nature and for everything that she does for me and for all of us. I remember feeling so moved and understanding that the earth provides security, shelter, hydration, nourishment, you know, just, just absolutely everything. And then I'm seeing all of these like amazing, like fractal patterns, like in my vision as my eyes are closed and um, it was just such a beautiful moment. And I was so grateful for the earth and for the world in that moment. And, and that will be with me forever. And then shortly after that, you know, another way that I realized that I purge is that I get these crazy contractions like in my core. It's almost like my abs are like cramping up. Right. But not only like my abs will be like my my arm muscles will tense up. My leg muscles will tense up. And then everything will untense and it'll be like a big like release of air. And I've experienced this in the past as well with my ayahuasca experiences. However, this time I was kind of going through it like in my child's pose position. 
And then out of nowhere, it's like all of that tension centered itself right into like the left side of like my abdomen, almost like it almost felt like right above where like my liver is and just this huge knot that was super painful, literally flipped me over on my back. And I'm, I'm looking up, trying to breathe into this spot, holding this spot of this like immense pain. And then just as I'm breathing into it, eventually it finally lets go. And it was like, it was like painful in the moment, but like the way that it released was so freeing and amazing. And I almost felt like something had healed in that moment. Like, I don't know if it was something healing in my liver from, you know, my high school, college, early, uh, adult drinking days, or if it was healing something else that was coming on, I literally have no idea. All I do know is that I felt incredible after that. And I decided to stand up. And as I stand up, I started looking at the stars. And mind you, before this moment, like it was like cloudy out. Like there's a bunch of clouds covering. It's the rainy season in Costa Rica. All that stuff moved out to the sides. And now it is beautiful. So many stars. And the stars look green, which was amazing in itself. And I was just connecting with like the ethers and like all the different stars. And just it, it was literally a profound and powerful moment. And then I have another time point where, you know, I go back inside, kind of just sitting on my mat visualizing and just kind of like realizing like how much I'm capable of and like having all these moments of remembering the impact I've had in my own life and the life of others. And it was just giving me more and more courage and validation and confidence in exactly what it is that I'm doing. And then boom, I have to go to the bathroom again. I purge and I let go of like a ton of self doubt again. I go outside and it's like kind of drizzling, kind of raining a little bit. And the water felt amazing. And I literally just sat down on like the sidewalk. I'm getting rained on. And it was almost like that sidewalk was my mat. And then I was just having a beautiful moment with with the water. And, you know, eventually I stand up. I walk back to the grass area that I was at. And I had this moment where I realized I'm like, it's raining. So there's water. The wind is just doing its thing, kind of swirling. I'm like, man, I see I see the wind. I can see the big fire right there, grandfather fire just vibing. And then my feet are just planted in the earth. And I had this moment where I realized of like, man, all the elements are here right now. And all the elements are within me. And I just had a whole new respect for the elements. And I'm standing there and going back to yoga moves. Like I did this big like sun salutation where like I brought my arms way up high, you know, where my tips of my fingers are pointing to the sky. And then I did a big circle coming around and I came to like prayer position in front of my heart. And then I dropped my hands like right under my lower dantian. So like my, you know, kind of like my stomach area, kind of bent my knees a little bit and I was just anchored into the earth and I so powerfully felt, I literally felt all of my power in that moment. I felt empowered to be the highest version of myself and literally felt in that moment that I am the highest version of myself and that 
all of the work that I had done up to that point had literally led to that moment and that I get to embrace and understand that this is who I am now. And it really showed me like, man, I am capable of so much. And don't get me wrong. I've done a lot of amazing things. I'm super grateful for it. And like, I'm, I'm truly looking back and really like embodying them and really taking it all in. And I realized that I get to show up as the highest version of myself consistently, confidently, and courageously. And understand that it's my life's purpose and not let my my small self get away from that. Make sure I don't overthink. Make sure that I keep the self-doubt at bay and that I understand even when I have fear, I still get to take action anyways because that's what courage is. So I, I go back inside and, you know, I just have this moment where I realize that, like, I have God within me. And I was that this is the first time in my life from a spiritual standpoint that I realize the godlike qualities that I possess. And this is what all the different spiritual teachers that I've listened to, especially Paul Chat, has spoken about how we how we are made not only made in the image of God, but like everything of God is within us. And that we get to embody that and understand the gift that we are to this world. And when we operate at our highest self, like we bring the whole vibration of the world with us. And that's what I'm committed to doing from this point forward. And I'm so thankful for that beautiful, strong, empowering first night where I casted away self-doubt and I realized my power in the most profound way ever. And I think it was a beautiful way to kind of take these last 12, 13 months when I have been going through you know, this transformation of understanding who I am and what I'm capable of. So that was, that was incredible. Fast forward, we go through the day, which has a ton of activities, um, you know, doing you, um, the answer is you classes with Michael Beckwith. We had the amazing Paola helping us with that, um, had amazing meals, did yoga, um, just connected with all the different people who are on the retreat. And then we go into the second night. And when I got to the second night, it's like I didn't have the visions. I didn't have as many thoughts. I did have one moment where I was sitting outside. I'm looking at the stars. And I felt like my grandfather was with me. And I had this realization of how much of an incredible man my grandfather was. Like he was there with me. And I remember just thinking like literally the word incredible kept coming out of my mouth. And like, I was just so appreciative for him. This was the man who was the father figure in my life. This is my mom's dad. And he just did so much for me and all of his grandchildren. Like we have like many people, we have so much love for our grandfather. And I was just so appreciative for him that night and to be there having that conversation with him. Outside of that, most of the night for me was going back into purging in that way I was telling you where my body just kept like almost like convulsing, like contracting really hard. It was like all of my my leg muscles, my arm muscles, my abdominal muscle all flex and contract, contract, contract. And then like it would all release and let go and I get like a deep like breath and and big a bunch of air out and um, 
you know, that was going on the whole night, literally for hours. Didn't have a lot of thoughts, didn't have a lot of visions, but just feeling all the stuff moving through my body. We close out the ceremony. Um, Ale and I, Ale, my girlfriend, and I head back to our room and we're kind of talking about the night. And mind you, the medicine's still in us. Like the medicine is with us literally from the first night, like all the way through, probably still in me now, to be honest. And, uh, you know, we're talking about the night and she was telling me one point of her night, she was thinking about her grandfather and um, was thinking about like the pain that her grandfather had experienced and some of the um, retching that she think that she thinks that he had. And it's interesting because Jerry, the owner of Rhythmia, the CEO, the person who started it, he spoke to us in our in our talk before the second ceremony during the day. And he brought up how his grandfather showed retching when Jerry had his Iboga experience and he's, you know, having this vision of him being at his grandfather's bedside. And you can just see and the way the way Jerry explained retching was like it's this deep, deep, deep experience of regret and sadness. And the way he described it, he said that he wouldn't wish this on his worst enemy. And he felt like his grandfather experienced that. And then Alejandro was saying that her grandfather experienced that. And then, man, I just started to think about my mom. And those last three months when she was hooked up to the breathing machine and all of these other tubes tied up to her and she was, you know, being assisted to breathe and she wasn't really even alive. Like she was in this kind of comatose type of state. And I remember being in the hospital with her and literally there was a moment that I've talked, I've talked about before on the podcast where, you know, I was with her and it was like this last time that I felt like her eye contact and me and her connected. And that's why I was just apologizing to her crying, telling her how sorry I was. And now that I look back, like I think, the feeling that she was experiencing was that like retching, like that deep, 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 deep regret and sadness that she knew that she was about to die and that this was the way she was going out because she decided to get this surgery that she wasn't healthy enough to get. And man, I'm sitting in my bed with Alejandra and like, I literally just start bawling, start crying, like a loud cry that I haven't experienced in a long time. And, um, you know, I had to, I told Ali, like, I had to leave the room and, like, be alone. I went outside, just outside of our room. There's, like, a bench there. And I'm just sitting there crying my eyes out. Like, I hadn't cried like that in God knows how long, probably since, you know, around when my mom died. Crying, crying, crying. And I had so much regret, so much sadness, so much guilt, so much shame, so much anger around how I treated my mom before she died. And mind you, I've explained it before, like my very first ayahuasca experience uh, about two and a half years ago gave me a lot of clarity on all the amazing things my mom did for me. It brought me back to like all of these amazing times that we shared together, how she was always there for me, how she did so much for me. And I literally felt at one point when I was wrapped up in my blanket (laughs) that like I was in the womb with her. And it was absolutely amazing. Now you fast forward to this night and man, I was so sad, so hurt, 
just crying, crying my eyes out. And, you know, I went back into the room. I grabbed my phone, came back outside. I had like 6% battery. And I decided to go on my phone and, and go to my mom's Facebook profile. And I was just going through her Facebook, looking at her pictures, looking at some of her posts, some of her interactions with other people. And I just remember realizing, like, just how much I missed her and how much I, I miss her to this day. And also how thankful I am for everything that she did for me. And during this time of sadness, I just got the feeling like, man, I need to call my brother. I need to call Hank. Um, and for those of you that don't know, you know, my brother and I, you know, my brother is seven years older than me. And like to this day, he's probably the only, he is, not probably, he is the only person where I can go back to like my old self, my not self, and just be like, not be compassionate, be like quick to frustration or quick to anger. I just felt the need to call him. Mind you, it's one thirty in Costa Rica, one in the morning. So it's like two thirty in the morning, uh, in Florida. So I call him, I hit him up, he answers and he's like he's like, Yo, like, is everything all right? Because I never call him, let alone call him in the middle of the night like that. And I'm just crying, telling him, like, Oh my god, I miss mom so much. You know, I'm I'm so sad, like I miss her, you know, I can't believe she's gone. I can't believe like how shitty I treated her. And just going on, going on, going on. And, you know, he's saying how much he misses her, too. And how much that she loved both of us. And, man, he created such a space of openness and vulnerability for me that I'm so grateful for. And I shared that gratitude with him. And, um, you know, it was a really powerful moment. And he, my brother's never seen me be vulnerable like that before. Like, every time we talk about mom, I, I do it in a very stoic way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm usually not, definitely not crying, that's for sure. And, you know, I have just a really just somber voice. And um, it was a beautiful night. It was powerful. And I went to sleep, woke up the next day, and I felt very light, like I had healed myself of a lot and ridden myself of a lot of baggage that I didn't realize I was still carrying. And, you know, I felt so good during the rest of that day. And leading us into the third night, the third ceremony, it's called, um, it's called Ladies Night, right? So the shaman Sarah has that night. It's all about the divine feminine, uh, the feminine energy, um, a lot of live music, you know, it's a beautiful, profound night. And one of the biggest things that came up for me during that night is this realization that I am peace. I am peace. Not that I'm peaceful or that, you know, I talk about peace, but that literally I am peace. That I can be the type of person who, you know, no matter what's going on, I can stay grounded and I can bring peace to myself and to those around me. And it's interesting because that's the feedback I've gotten so much you know, in the last few years is how peaceful I am, like how much of a calm demeanor I have and how other people feel calm and safe when I'm around and when they're speaking to me. And that's a huge reason why my clients are able to open up to me in the way that they do, because I do set that stage of peace. However, it was so interesting and powerful to 
fully embody that and understand that I get to be peace even when the, the peace is being disturbed. And it had me think about, you know, 2020, you know, we've all, uh, or at least I make up that all of us have felt the effects of 2020 somehow. One of the big ways that it showed up for me was with all the race relations, right? Racial injustices that have been going on, the senseless murders and how much of my peace got disrupted with that and how I was starting to get back into like my angry, bitter self when seeing other people, you know, getting upset about a term, Black Lives Matters, or saying things like All Lives Matters, and basically, in my estimation, like undermining the Black plight. And that took so much of my peace away. And I was very angry uh, for a couple months. And that was the first time my peace has gotten challenged like that. And I also think about, you know, COVID and everything going on with the lockdown and, you know, vaccine talk and, um, you know, wearing masks and all of this. And while I understand where people get value in all those things, what always what had me lose my peace is how there was no narrative being created around how important it is to be eating better, to be managing our stress properly, creating some type of stillness practice, meditation practice, getting out in the sun, getting in nature, walking, moving, effectively managing stress. Like none of these things were being talked about as a ways to combat COVID. And that's something that really, really upset me and got me away from my peace. And I understood that that night, it's like, you know what, I get to express how I feel and do it through peace and that I get to be the change that I want to see in the world. And if I want to see all of these things change, it it ultimately starts and ends with me. And I am committed going forward to being a conduit of peace, being an example of peace and using my voice, my presence, my skills, my knowledge to bring better understanding and more peace to this world, to my community, and especially to myself. That was my major takeaway from the third night. And then also in the third night, I mean, talking about the music, there was my boy Shane was there, and he had been staying there. It was, I think, his first week there, first time performing music because he's working with Rhythmia now. And, oh, my God, his music and his voice literally touched me to my soul. Like when the music was playing with from other people, I was kind of like near the music, feeling it kind of laying down. And then when Shane started singing, I literally lifted myself up, looked at him. It was just like, oh, my God. And I was so thankful for the medicine he was giving us because it was that powerful. An amazing third night. Amazing. And I'm carrying that with me for the rest of my life that I am peace. Going into the fourth night, we drank the Colombian version of ayahuasca called Yahe. Very strong uh, purgative medicine that's really to rid us of you know so much of what we're holding on to that's not serving us. And my big takeaway from the fourth night is that like, man, I'm here and I'm ready. 
to take my life to a whole nother level. And I'm so honored to do it. I'm so excited to do it. And I've had times in my life where like, you know, I get really hyped up and I start doing things and I kind of fall back and I start doing things and I fall back. And now I feel like I'm in this place where I truly do get to be the change that I want to see in the world. I understand how much I'm capable of, how much power I have in my voice, in the words that I speak, in the actions that I take, in how I show up for myself and others, in the space that I create for others to feel safe and comfortable and empowered and ready to take themselves on to the next level. So going forward, you're going to be hearing so much more of me. You're going to be seeing so much more of me. And I used to make up this whole thing of like, oh, I don't want to be famous because of blah, 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 blah. And what I realized now is that that was just an excuse to allow me to keep playing small. And now with what I am about and what I am looking to create in the world and like just surrendering to what's possible and what it is that I get to do in life, fame might be something that comes. And if it does, like, that's cool. I'm going to stay grounded in who I am and share my gifts at the highest level possible. As I told you, you can too is a belief. It's the belief that you are capable of achieving anything that another person has achieved out there. It might not be easy. It might take a lot of time. It may take patience. It may take consistent, diligent work. However, understand that it is possible and understand that it starts with the belief. Anything that you want to achieve is absolutely possible. And I'm committed to showing up as the powerful, confident, courageous, loving leader that I am. And I am committed to creating a world that is healthy, connected, creative, purposeful, and loving. That's who I am. That's what I'm standing for. That's what I'm committed to creating. And it's going to show up. And my invitation to you is to see how you can level yourself up. It doesn't take ayahuasca or plant medicine to have these types of realizations, to have these types of shifts. It can happen from meditation, from prayer, from eating better, from moving your body to grounding, connecting. There's so many ways to go about it. And my invitation to you is to start something now. Start a practice that is going to build yourself up. Take it one day at a time. You only have the present moment, this current moment. And there is nothing more powerful and exciting than the present moment. Everything that's happened in your past has allowed you to be where you are now. I realize that all of my trauma that I've went through throughout my 32 years of life has put me exactly where I am now to be in a place of service, to be in a place of growth, to be in a place of gratitude, and also being in a place of surrender to understanding that there's so many things that I can't control, yet I can control how I decide to move about in my life, to shine my light, 
and to do it with the people who want to do it with me. There's going to be things that I say and that I do that some people aren't going to like, or probably a lot of people aren't going to like. And I'm okay with that because people are allowed to have their own experience. And what someone else thinks about me has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with them. And I get to be my biggest supporter going forward. And that starts with me embodying who I am, which is peace, which is love, which is power, which is me being merged with my soul, and ultimately, which is me sharing my gifts with anybody and everybody who is looking for them. So if there's any way that I can help you, if there's any way that I can guide you, steer you in a certain direction, help you find your own truth, help you find your North Star, please reach out to me. Let's get better together. Let's operate as our highest selves. And I want you to understand and truly embody and realize that you are a gift to this world. There is nobody else like you. There will never be another you. The chances of you even getting here on this earth was something like one in a trillion. So enjoy the ride. Embrace gratitude. Embrace your past. And most of all, embrace the present moment. I love you. I honor you. And as always, you can too.